This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hey, everybody. If you were expecting a reaction podcast to the Spurs versus Raptors game, I'm sorry. You will not be getting that. I have to say that, yes, that was fun. It was good. Pascal scored 37 on 21 shots. The team looked somewhat more harmonious. But we're going to be talking about the trade between these two teams, wherein Jakob Pertl comes back to Toronto after being drafted by them. Ninth overall in 2016. The draft pick that they got in the Andrea Bargnani trade from the Knicks. And then Jakob Pertl gets traded along with DeMar DeRozan and a first-round pick that becomes Kelton Johnson to the Spurs for Kawhi Leonard. Raptors win the championship. All these years later, they need a center. He's been connected with them for some time now. They've wanted him for some time. They've been trying reportedly to get a center for some time. The team has been bad. Way worse than expectations this year. They trade Kem Birch, a protected 2024 first-round draft pick, and two future second-round picks. Now, the protections on this are pretty damn important. We don't know yet. This could be typically what we see is top four or top three. Top three, top four, top five is a lot of protections. There's also lottery protected. And then you'll see like top 20 or top 25 protected. My best guess is that this is... Hell, you even see top seven. That This is too many numbers. Who knows what it's going to be? I'm going to give you my guess of it. I'm guessing this is a top 10 protected pick. If it's lottery protected, that's obviously much better for the Raptors. Uh, we don't know yet if it conveys or what it conveys into if the Raptors um, don't end up giving them that pick. If the Raptors are worse than expected and let's say next year they don't make the, the playoffs either. That's that's kind of the situation we're at. First reaction to this is that I'm surprised that the Raptors pulled the trigger on this. I'll also give you some background. I was at the game tonight, and I everybody was watching Pirtle with kind of a close eye. I happened to choose a good time to walk into the tunnel to go back to the media room. I interrupted, you know, Pascal and Jakob catching up, doing all that kind of stuff. They were really chummy. These guys have been friends for a long time. I wondered secretly to myself were they scheming saying i can't wait till you're here we're teammates again who knows but alas they are now kem birch no longer a raptor some draft capital going back the other way what the protections are the most important thing if the raptors they get a lottery protected pick i think that's a good trade i like that it's 2024 i've said my ideal path for the raptors is if Pascal and Scotty are seen as the vision going forward. That's that's the future of the team. This means, in my opinion, that they're expecting in the summer to make some moves, to maintain, to kind of shuffle the roster around a little bit more. They're expecting to re-sign Pirtle. They're expecting to win next year. That's why they're comfortable giving next year's pick. And it's protected, obviously, in case this summer goes really poorly, and the rest of the season goes poorly. Let's say Pirtle starts playing for them, right? And and certainly he will. He's in Toronto right now, same way that I am. 
same way that many of you are. And if it goes poorly from jump and the Raptors can't turn this season around, then they have probably a pretty decent pick this year. If it they don't re-sign him, if things go south for next year, they also have a protected pick. Now, the protections are important. We don't have that fully out yet. Who knows what's going to happen with that? Hopefully it's lottery protected. I don't know if the Raptors are able to maneuver that well with the Spurs so that it was lottery protected. It's tough to say, but this is where we're at currently. Now, what does Pirtle do well that the Raptors are obviously hoping to get? Well, for his position, Pirtle is above average as an offensive rebounder. He's above average as a defensive rebounder. For many years, he was well above average as a defender. So good, in fact, that he was kind of an in-vogue guy to mention for all NBA defensive teams. He finishes super well at the rim. I think he's at 77% this year. His level of self-creation, which I don't want to use that term too much as far as what he does, but as far as like a keeper on these uh, dribble handoff plays, as far as getting like pinch post possessions or flashing middle, he's kind of stepped outside of his comfort zone the last two years, and he's put a couple dribbles down, gotten to push shots, taken more shots there. So not as reliant on creation for him as he used to be. But this is still a guy who's mostly reliant on his teammates getting him the ball in the place that he needs to be. The Raptors haven't had a player with Jakob Pirtle's skill set really since Jakob left. Even Mark or Serge or JV, these are all much different players than Jakob. And so offensively, the fit seems quite simple. And there might be limiting factors here, like the fact that Jakob doesn't shoot the ball. And it's not like, oh, you know, is is he just kind of shy about it? He doesn't shoot the ball. There's no indicators in his game that he will shoot the three. This isn't going to be like a cute Ken Birch story when he came, signed over from Orlando during the Tampa season and started shooting corner threes and did at like 33%. This is Jakob Pertl coming in and a guy who's just not going to shoot the ball and is going to shoot his free throws poorly on top of that. What he will do, though, is clear a ton of space for everybody on the roster who uses screens. He will roll well, he will finish well, and he will be a release valve in the paint, the dunker spot, etc. And he'll also rebound the hell out of the ball. All those things are needed on this Raptors roster. All those things are not exactly met by the rest of the team. Precious Achua can do some of those things sometimes, but he's certainly not as good at any of that stuff as Pirtle is. Just like Pirtle isn't as good at shooting as uh, Precious is, he's also not nearly as good of a driver. But he is a better finisher. He is better setting screens, and he may very well be a better offensive rebounder, although both are quite good. Where do the Raptors go for their shooting? I think there has to be an expectation. For example, Pascal hit all of his threes tonight. I believe he was three of three. Scotty has been hitting a few more threes lately. Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Vliet have normalized as far as their three-point shooting goes. And the Raptors have actually been like a top 10 offense for about a month. That's been trending in a positive direction, especially with Fred coming back. OG, who knows what's going to happen here. He's still, he, he didn't play tonight, right? He, he hopefully will shoot the ball better too. But this is a lot of big names on a team that isn't very good. I'm, I think they might be able to figure out the offense. The defense is the big thing. The Raptors haven't been a good defense this season. They've been quite poor, actually. Pirtle 
has not graded out as a good defender this year. And in fact, many Raptors fans, after watching the Raptors just play Pirtle, might feel like Pirtle is over the hill defensively. They they might think he got picked on tonight. And they might look at all the the metrics that come out that measure how guys defend the rim, how they affect change in the percentage that teams shoot while they're on the court or when they guard a possession. You might go back a couple years to where Pirtle is limiting teams to 8% worse at the rim while he's on the floor or the next year where it's closer to 7%. This year, and it dipped down last year too, this year, overall on the court, teams are shooting 3% better. They're shooting a lot better from three. I don't think that's in his control, but for the first time in his career, teams are shooting almost 3% better at the rim. This is a noticeable change. Now, he's been on a bad team for a few years in a row. Bigs, typically we see, they do not have the same gumption to guard a rim that is allowing blowbys at the point of attack that we're seeing a lot of times. It's like a fruitless endeavor for them to be standout defenders. And bigs are sought after. The best teams have good big men. The best teams don't trade their bigs. Bad teams trade their good bigs if they don't think they'll be good. Bad teams don't trade their bigs if they think they're going to be good. You need good bigs. That's what the Raptors are trying to do here. The hope is obviously that Jakob Pertl turns his defense around. I am optimistic about this. And on top of that, I think that he makes the Raptors significantly more diverse defensively. What Pirtle does is introduces a player in the middle of their defense who will allow them to be a lot more conservative in some of their packages. And as we know, as many people listen to this podcast or watch my videos, it's incredibly important to be able to succeed with these aggressive schemes. Yes, that you can throw at teams, that you can be changeable during those times. And you have to be able to do different things to make them uncomfortable totally, especially with some unique ball handlers. But it's also very important against more limited teams and teams that don't get you out of your base packages. If you have a base package like a drop defense with a good big where guys can be a little bit more conservative in how they help, it means that it makes the other team rely more on their shot making and particularly their off the dribble shot making. The Raptors, the way that they defend, pulling from everywhere to rotate to the rim, they open up set shots for a lot of guys, corner shots, or they don't rotate in time and they've allowed tons of pressure at the rim this year. This has made them susceptible to any guard who walks through the door and any wing or big or guard who can camp in the corner and hit a three. The Raptors, their energy, their focus, their effort, everything their, you know, their attention to detail defensively has been lower this season. And it means that there's they've been far more porous. Jakob Pertl is like filling at least a couple of those holes. If you believe in the upside of his defense, and quite frankly, I do. Do I think that this was the right way to do it? I'm a little surprised that the Raptors, truthfully, I'm a little surprised that the Raptors decided to do to go with a move where they said, we're going to win this year and not even win a championship, right? They just want to be good this year. They clearly want playoffs this season. You don't trade a first round pick 
you don't you you would trade two seconds sure but you don't trade a first round pick in the next two years if you expect to be bad that would be malpractice right this is a team that is very clearly not only betting on Jakob Pertl to improve them defensively, and he should. He really, really should. Also to add quite a few different looks for them offensively and expecting them not only to take his the advantages he brings in stride, be able to use them right away, but also be able to kind of skate past his limitations and how that might affect other players on the team, such as OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, who need space to be able to thrive in and drive, especially the latter two. OG is not as big a concern here, obviously. OG probably has to lean farther into the spacing aspect of his game. <sighs> I'm not sure they can coalesce everything into being a very good team this year, but it seems like they're making a bet on the guys currently. They're making a bet on Nick Nurse to make everything work. And Nick Nurse also asked before the game about Jakob Pertl, not in a trade sense, but like, hey, this is a former player who's coming back since. He said, we loved him when he was here. I'm sure Nick Nurse, who doesn't care about tanking, doesn't care about anything like that, is excited to have a good player, certainly, in a Raptors uniform. It makes them deeper. It's, an, it's another big. They are still insanely thin at guard. We still have, I don't know, 12... 13 and a half hours before this thing is over at the time of recording, of course. We will see. This team is still clunky, but it's more talented now, significantly so, than it was before this trade. Pirtle is good. It, it's tougher to say whether these pieces fit together or not. And I know there's going to be quite a few people who see this trade and think that the Raptors have made the wrong decision. I'm not going to, to fight you on that. I don't... I don't want to be too takey about this. I just kind of want to provide the context and the facts. I like covering good players. I like seeing good basketball. I think Pearl will obviously make the basketball better in Toronto. And he's going to add quite a few unique aspects to the team. And, and some they haven't had in years. Marcus All did a many, many things better than Jakob Pertl. But he also can't move his feet like Jakob Pertl can. Serge Ibaka it did many things that Pertl couldn't do, particularly shooting. But Pertl's playmaking is leaps and bounds ahead of where Ibaka was. And, and his defense at this point probably is farther ahead than, than Serge Ibaka's was towards the end there. I don't know what this means for the other guys on the roster. OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., I'm almost certain that there's still teams trying to get those guys. As far as me reading the tea leaves here, I think this makes it far less likely that Fred Van Vliet, in fact, I would probably say, don't expect Fred to be packaged anywhere anymore. I'd also lean towards it's almost necessary to keep <laughs> Gary Trent Jr. on this team, or at least if you are trading him, to get somebody back who shoots the ball. And it can be a diverse shooter. It can be maybe you get a little bit better driver out of it and you lose some of the, the pull-up shooting. Maybe maybe it's a facsimile of sorts. Who knows? But the Raptors bringing Pirtle in, they're going to be able to do some things. But they're also, with him on the floor, the spacing is going to be worse than when they play one of 
Pascal or Precious at the five. And Precious has done really well at the five. We'll talk a bit about that later and how this kind of affects Precious. That's a, that's a really tough aspect of this. But I don't think it's crazy to think that one of OG or Gary still has a possibility to be traded. By the time you're listening to this, when you wake up, watch this, whatever, they very well could be traded too. It, it's tough to say. 13 and a half hours, like I said, the countdown is still on. <laughs> I will say, as a huge booster of Precious Achua, I'm really high on Precious Achua's game. I think he's fantastic. I think he's, at his peak, a better defender than Jakob Pertl. The baseline, they defend differently. Precious, for you know some, some spurts, can be a really good drop big and can bang around and can hold it down, but he's not like a, a stalwart big in that regard yet. His versatility, as far as defending in different schemes, is still a big part of his appeal. But if you give, let's say, Pirtle 50 drop possessions in a game versus Precious 50 drop possessions in a game, and you play, play out the rest of the season, I think you're probably coming back with a better points per possession in Pirtle and you're probably also requiring less help defense and less help from the corners above the break, wherever. And it'll probably make it a little bit easier on the guards at the point of attack. That does not mean he's a better defender than Precious. It means that the Raptors are more diverse in how they can defend. I'm personally very interested to see what the hell happens if Precious and Pirtle share the floor. That's that's a big thing because currently let's 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 talk about this. Pascal Siakam, Precious Achua, Scotty Barnes, Jakob Pertl, all four of those guys. You make the case. Two very like you can't send it any other way. You can't dis- discuss any other way. Pascal and Scotty need to play a lot of minutes. Precious, many people listen to this, watch this. They know I've been saying I want him to play more minutes. Him playing 28 minutes tonight, having like two incredible high drop or at the level possessions in the pick and roll, that's something that Pearl probably won't be able to do. And if he does, it's like a good game for him. He's spry. Maybe maybe he comes and, and proves me wrong. Maybe he'll be really good at the level. Who knows? That That typically wasn't what was asked of him in San Antonio. But Precious, I think, needs to play a lot of minutes. Pearl, you just traded a future first-round pick for, and and Ken Birch, and two second-round picks. You can't really justify not giving this guy a bunch of minutes, too. And here's the kicker. Pascal, I think, is at 31 or 32% from three. Scotty is lower than that. Pirtle is non-existent, and I believe Precious is still sub-30%. If those four guys have to figure into what probably is going to be an eight- or nine-man rotation... The amount of shooting you have to get elsewhere has to be absolutely nutty. The good news is Fred and Gary can both be nutty shooters. OG does well for his position. But Chris Boucher, you know, like Juancho Hernan Gomez, these guys, they've been so streaky and they haven't really been dependable. The Raptors spacing right now is not going to be pretty. We, We have to see if they'll be able to kind of this, you know, this is what I talked about earlier. Can they skate past the limit, the limiting factors that Pirtle's skill set introduces? They're more diverse defensively, and they sh- this should 100 percent 
improve them on defense. But what does this introduce to their offense? And does that lack of, you know, you look at it and you say, does that really make sense? Does that mean more moves are coming? And will those moves mean more shooting? What the hell does it mean? Are they going to try and get somebody else, like a like a bench guard? Is Jalen Noel going to come? I don't know. But this is very interesting. Um, myself and Louis Atzman, we will, of course, dive far into the numbers and the film, and we'll have stuff on Pirtle coming out. Um, I have a couple really big pieces coming out on the pick and roll and Scotty Barnes, really in-depth piece for Scotty. And um, the All-Star break will give us a bunch of opportunity to see just a smidge of Pirtle stuff as far as the film with the Raptors, and we'll be able to dive into a bunch of stuff. So subscribe to RaptorsRepublic.com. We are famous, Lewis and I, for how in-depth our analysis is, backed by numbers and film. It's kind of the whole deal. Subscribe over there to get all of this going forward. Please and thank you. And let's talk just a bit about Kevin Durant. Anybody who's up listening to this right now or watching this right now, if you care about Jakob Pertl getting traded, even if you're a Raptors fan, you care that Kevin Durant is now off the table, obviously. I know I, I, I in the summer was like, if you're the Raptors, Scotty Barnes shouldn't be off the table in a possible Kevin Durant trade. I wanted Kevin Durant in Toronto. He's a big deal. One of the biggest in the whole of the NBA. This is this guy changes everything for a great number of teams that were hopeful to get him. And he certainly changes the fortunes of the Suns who did get him. Okay, Adrian Wojnarowski has me hooked up, so we'll read what he has here. Although I, I do think it was Shams who actually broke it first, but I'm on Adrian's because he broke the Pirtle news. Okay, uh, actually, let's read what he has to say about the, the Spurs first and the, the Pirtle thing. Quote, the Spurs are running it up on young players and draft capital now with 13 first-round picks secured through 2029 and the expectation that they'll gather even more between now and the 3 p.m. Eastern trade deadline later today. Apparently, they have more planned. Okay, Phoenix traded for Kevin Durant. Holy moly. (laughs) Cam Johnson, Michael Bridges, Jay Crowder, who finally gets traded, and four first-round picks in a 2028 pick swap for Kevin Durant, and T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren, back in Phoenix, old stomping grounds. Kevin Durant, now paired with DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. That top four is pretty nutty. Having The big thing here is that Kevin Durant, later in his career, is still probably the best shot maker in the NBA. The best shot creator, no. Having a guy like Devin Booker to collapse defenses... Chris Paul to do it within the structure, make sense of it. Those two guys will afford Kevin Durant some of the best looks he's gotten in years. I think that team is going to be so damn good. That team is going to be exciting. Man, they're going to play really, really beautiful basketball. And just for posterity, the Nets picks are 2023 first rounder, 2025 first rounder, 2027 first rounder, and 2029 first rounder. They now get from the Suns. The Suns are going to be, they're going to be something. In a year of increased parity in the NBA, where it seems like most teams were struggling to some degree to kind of break through 
Milwaukee has its its limitations. Golden State just won, certainly has their limitations. Curry injured once again, right? Boston looks like the front runner, but it's tough if you if you took them or the field. Most people are taking the field. In the NBA, just with the way the superstars have worked over the past however many years, most of the time you would take a certain team over the field. Although, however, it's what been four championships in a row, Raptors, Lakers, Bucks, um, Golden State, four different champions, no dynasties, the real death of dynasties. That's what we're seeing. However, there's an old Phoenix Sun team that is so, that looks primed, not necessarily to be a dynasty because of Chris Paul's age, because of Kevin Durant's age, but they look like they're the team now this year. Sure, they, they lose Michael Bridges, who's you know an all-defense level defender. He's started to grow in how he can manipulate out of the pick and roll, mostly as a scorer with his pull-up, which is good, but some limitations as a passer. He's always been a guy who can hit you know, spot-up shots. He's, he's a good player. Very, very good. Cam Johnson, one of the better shooters in the league. He's awesome. He's a heat pump. He can also defend. Um, on top of that, Jay Crowder. So here's the funniest part about that. <laughs> Jay Crowder wanted to be traded from Phoenix, and he requested that trade and then sat out the season. Why did he do that? Because Michael Bridges and Cam Johnson made it so that he couldn't start, and Jay Crowder wants to start. The cruel irony of this situation is that Jay Crowder got traded with Michael Bridges and Cam Johnson, and I really don't see a scenario where the Brooklyn Nets are going to start Jay over either of those guys. Certainly not my cap, but probably not Cam either. I, It's kind of funny. It's not great for him. He's probably not, you know, jazzed about it. Maybe he's just happy to be out of Phoenix. You know, we're, we're out of that, that situation. Who knows? But my God, that probably isn't his ideal situation. He probably wanted to be on a winner. Now, Brooklyn is in a position... Where are they in the standings right now? We'll pull that up. They're in, they're in a decent spot in the standings. And he's probably like, okay, this is a team. They're turning it around. They've got Kevin Durant. He sees. They say, hey, you're going to Brooklyn. He's like, hell yeah, going to play with KD. Going to play on the fifth seed, 32 and 22. Good record. They're like, Kevin Durant's coming back. You, sir, you're playing with Spencer Dinwiddie and, <laughs> and Ben Simmons. Oy vey. I... That's a tough situation. Not tough for them is the amount of draft picks they're getting. Is the It's a pretty meager package they got back for Kyrie, the Nets, to be honest, right? Everybody knows that Kyrie has so much attached to him. He, he could just not play. And also with, with Dallas, he might not resign with them. So they, they've, they've, they didn't want to trade that much. Other teams didn't want to trade that much. The Lakers, who got a steal of deal earlier today, they didn't want to trade that much. Man, that was a good trade for the Lakers earlier today. But anyway, the Nets have a bunch of draft capital going forward. Is that going to make this team appealing? No. That, those Nets are going to be a tough watch. Tougher than these Raptors have been. I've probably gone a little bit long on the, the Kevin Durant stuff. People want the Pirtle stuff. Last thing I'll say about it. Pirtle. From my point of view, I'm not sure the Raptors are going to be good enough 
to justify this trade. However, the optimist in me, I am very hopeful. And like what I want deep inside my soul is for this to work, for Pirtle to legitimize a center position that hasn't been legitimized in quite some time. And I want them to figure out how that complete lack of shooting in the front court works for them going forward, because that is a difficult thing to figure out. And I hope that it does not leave Precious Achua alienated. He's too good to alienate. I said this when it was Kem getting minutes over him. I said this when it was Coloco getting minutes over him. I don't like the Raptors moving away from Precious as a focal point of the now and the future. The present and the future is what I should have said. Blah. Anyway, I don't know how they're going to make it happen, but the fan of the game in me currently, I understand... Pearl doesn't have the prettiest game. It doesn't move a bunch of people. But he is a good player. And the Raptors are now more talented than they used to be. It's up to Nick Nurse. This is where he makes his money, man. This team is going to be vastly changed by Pearl's presence. He has to make sense of it. And then the Raptors have to act that out, perform what needs to be performed, win games. Hopefully, they're now, they're the 10th seed. They're... They're 26 and 30. They're 13 and a half games back of uh, of the first seed. And they're on a three-game winning streak, tied for the largest of the season. Does the run start now? I have no idea. This could go a lot of different ways. It could certainly go a way where the Raptors look really foolish for making this trade, especially if they don't re-sign them. I'm sure there were talks had about that. Man, I think that's all I'll say. When I actually write about this, um, hopefully the protections will be out, and the protections matter a lot as far as how good or bad this is for the Raptors. And if they don't meet those protections, or if they do meet the protections, what does it convey into? All that stuff is very, um, very. It's it's of note. It's very important. And so we'll, we'll keep our eyes on that. My written stuff will be more in-depth than this, but I know everybody's hungry for the reaction to all this stuff. And hey, I just so happened to be up, came back from the game, chopping it up with my fellas, about copious amounts of things, and Pearl gets traded, and so does Kevin Durant. They gum. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. Um, make sure to like the video if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Most importantly, of course, subscribe to raptorsrepublic.com, the website, most important one, and on the podcast channel. Thanks for letting me chop it up with you, and thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody, thanks for getting into this, and whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day, and goodbye.